Welcome to the Faith for My Generation podcast, where our vision is to shake and shape a generation with the power of God's Word. We're on one mission, to raise up a generation of powerful believers through the relevant teaching of God's Word. I'm so thankful that you're here today. I'm your host, AJ. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Faith for My Generation podcast. I'm your host, AJ. I'm thankful for you. This is part seven of the series, Who Is This Jesus? And we're going to John chapter 15, where Jesus tells us he is the true vine. John chapter 15, we're going to read a couple of verses here. We're going to work our way through verses 1 all the way through 11, where Jesus tells us that he is the true vine. Hey, if this is your first time listening to this series, Who Is This Jesus? If you didn't know, this is a series, and this is the seventh and last installment of this series. We looked at six other places in the book of John. We saw that Jesus told us he is the bread of life, that Jesus is the light of the world, Jesus is the open door, Jesus is the good shepherd, Jesus is the resurrection and the life, and Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so here we are last installment of this series, Who Is This Jesus? And we get to John chapter 15. Now, just to refresh our memories, it's been a few weeks since we've touched on this topic. Jesus says in the book of John, seven different times, he makes this statement, I am, and then attaches something to it that describes the nature of God, the nature of himself. For instance, I am the bread of life. Why does that matter? What does that matter to us? Well, then Jesus tells us, just as our physical body needs bread to have strength and to live, our spirit needs the bread of life, needs his words, needs his truth. Just as you light a candle so that you can see in the darkness, we have to have the light of the world, which is Jesus Christ. And that's how we are able to cut through the darkness and deception that's in the earth. If we go to Exodus chapter 3, verse 13, we see Moses say this to God. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And, excuse me, and in Israel, let me start over. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am that I am. Some translations say, I am who I am. And he said, thus say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Verse 15, moreover, God said to Moses, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. This is my memorial to all generations. So then Jesus, all we, we see through the testimony of John, the gospel of John, Jesus then uses that exact phrase because he is God. And he says, I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life and so on and so forth. So we get to this seventh I am statement, John 15, 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. 
Verse 2, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that he may that it may bear more fruit. Verse 3, you're already clean because of the word which I spoke to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I am him, bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather to them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. Verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Verse 8, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as have I kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. That was verses 1 through 11 of John 15. And I want us to go back through and break down a couple of these verses. First off, verse 1, Jesus says, I am the true vine. Now think about this. He then tells us uh, that he is, the, he is the true vine. In verse 5, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. So we know this, Jesus Christ is the vine. He's making an illustration and analogy here. But it's extremely powerful for us to understand this as a believer, as a Christian. He is the vine, and you and I, Christians, we are the branches. Now, what does a branch, what power does a branch have on its own? Zero. Branches have no power of its own. Branches have no life of its own. In fact, if you go outside, let's say you had an apple tree, peach tree, plum tree. We've got fruit trees that grow pretty well here in South Carolina. Uh, I remember growing up with my grandfather. We would walk through the woods all the time. I had about 20 acres we lived on. And anytime he would find a fruit tree, he'd always clear out around it, cut all the brush back. And he'd tend to that fruit tree and really make that thing produce fruit. If you cut off a branch off of an apple tree, it could be in springtime when the blossoms come out. And wherever you see blossoms, you're going to see fruit. You could see it. You could have a branch that has a dozen blossoms on it, which would be a lot of apples on one branch. And you could lop off that branch and lay it on the ground. And you could come back. A month later, when the apples were to be on the tree. And that tree would be full of apples, but that branch that you lopped off, that you cut away and severed from the trunk of the tree, it would have absolutely no fruit on it. No fruit. Because that branch has been separated from the life of the tree. For the Christian, for you and me, it's exactly the same. The only power, the only life... The only reality of the life of God in us, the only way that's possible is by us being connected to Christ. You know, we kind of touched on that when we looked in John chapter 10, verse 9, when Jesus says, I am the open door. I am the door to the sheepfold. Everything that you're going to receive from God, you receive by way of salvation. 
by being connected to the Lord, by believing on Him, by faith. Everything that you receive from God, you receive by faith. And it's the same here. Verse 1, verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. The way the branches produce fruit is by being connected to Jesus. The way the branches produce fruit is by being connected to the vine. The branch has no root of itself. The branch is connected to the trunk, to the vine. And the vine is what has roots. And those roots, the vine, pull up the moisture, the water, the nutrients. And the life of the vine, the trunk of the tree, if we go to our fruit analogy, fruit tree, apple tree analogy, that trunk, that vine, brings up the sap, which carries the life of the plant, and pushes it through the branches. And those branches then produce fruit. Apples, peaches, plums, whatever kind of tree it is. But that fruit is simply a byproduct of the life that is in the vine, that's in the trunk of the tree. The branch is nothing more than a pipe, a conduit, a carrier, a holder of the life that is in the trunk, that's in the vine. And it's no different than with you and me as a Christian. The fruit that you and I produce, you know, we, we looked at that not too long ago on one of these live streams uh, on the podcast channel. You can find it. It's Galatians chapter 5, uh, Walk in the Spirit, I believe is what it's entitled. And we looked at the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. When the Spirit of God is indwelling in you, you're a believer, and the Spirit of God is indwelling in you, there is fruit that's produced, not in your own strength, not in your own power, not in your own might, but by the Spirit of God that dwells in you. It's a supernatural thing. It is, it is a, it's a reality that is of heaven, not of earth. It is the life and the presence of God flowing through me, flowing through you that produces His fruit. I'm simply a branch. You're simply a branch. I'm simply a conduit, a pass-through for the life of God to bring His life, His power, His strength, His joy, His might into my life and bear His fruit through me. What a blessing it is to be. What an absolute blessing it is to know that the fruit that God wants to produce in the earth, He's going to do it through me, and He's going to do it through you, and we receive it by faith. Man, that gets me excited. That makes me so thankful. I'm so thankful that God would use someone like me, would use someone like you, so kind and so merciful, that He would take someone who was dead in sin save me, recreate me, make me a brand new creation, and take this once dead branch and engraft me into himself, into the vine, and then produce his fruit through me. Is there any greater joy? Is there any greater pleasure to know that the living God, the Almighty One, King of Heaven, is producing fruit, His supernatural fruit, 
through you, through me. Now, as a branch, who takes care of us? Verse 1, I'm the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. God the Father takes care of us. He's the vine dresser. We don't really use that word a whole lot, vine dresser, but essentially he's the gardener, the care giver, the, uh, the one who uh, comes and prunes and cuts away all the death and anything that's dead and not producing fruit. We see that. Verse 2, look at this. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he cuts it away. I don't want to be a dead branch. I don't want to be a branch that's fruitless. I don't want to be a branch that has stopped itself up from the life of the vine. Because if I'm not producing fruit, if I'm not yielding to the work of the Holy Spirit, if I'm not yielding and obeying the Word of God, if I'm not living in obedience, because, you know, John chapter 15, that's what it's talking about. It's a, it's a scripture, it's a passage about obedience. This chapter, John chapter 15, is all about obedience. And what is obedience other than our faith on display? Obedience is simply our faith on display. It's saying, Lord, I trust you so much. I love you so much. I believe in you so much. I will live the way you tell me to live. I'll speak the way you tell me to speak. I'll think the way you tell me to think. I yield myself to you as a servant. Verse 2, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now notice here, we're actually going to see in John 15 when, when I read it, you'll see the branch bears fruit, then the Lord prunes, cuts away, so that we can bear more fruit, to when you get to verse 8, that we, verse 8, by this my Father's glorified that you bear much fruit. So there's the progression. Fruit, more fruit, much fruit. The Holy Spirit working through us cleans, cleanses us, keeps us, but He also corrects us. This is something I'm seeing more and more when I study the Word of God. You know, we did a wake-up call, call on the podcast channel called Godly Sorrow. If you go back and listen to it, I, I would encourage you to listen to it. Godly Sorrow. It goes to 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and talks about how Paul corrected the church in Corinth. And he was kind of like if he's like, oh, this first letter that I sent you guys was real straight to the point. And I was a little concerned. How are you going to receive it? But then I saw that it produced sorrow in your heart, but not to the point of worldly sorrow, which you would just get mad and upset and offended, like a lot of people do, but that it produced godly sorrow, which brings forth repentance. The Word of God, part of the ministry of the Word of God in your life and my life, is to correct, rebuke, bring discipline, Hebrews chapter 10 or Hebrews chapter 12 tells us he, that our Heavenly Father who loves us will discipline us because He loves us. And when I get off the path of what's right, what's true, when I get in a place as a branch and I'm not bearing fruit like I should be, the Lord prunes away, cuts away anything in my life that's not allowing me to produce fruit. Because a, my Father who loves me will correct me. 
And a large part of the ministry of the Word is that it cleanses and corrects us when we've gotten it wrong. If you want to bear more fruit, you got to yield to the work of the Holy Spirit and to the ministry of the Word, which corrects us. It's amazing. You know, in the springtime, summertime, I've got shrubs around the house. I don't just trim those shrubs once in my entire life. When I, I have to trim them three or four times through the springtime. <laughs> Every time you cut those shrubs, they grow back. You know, they say, uh, same thing with like shaving. When we were younger guys, when I was in high school, some guys wanted to ha- grow a beard, you know, and some guys are just better at growing beards than others. I, I can do a, I can have a couple day old stubble. That's about as good as I can get. And it's always patchy after that and itchy. Can't get past the itch. But some guys, they can just grow a, a lion's mane on their face. And <laughs> not that I'm envious. A little, a little. But, uh, you know, guys would, they would start shaving in high school and they would shave every day because the more you shave, the faster it grows back. It's, it's interesting how that works. You cut your lawn. People have beautiful lawns. I'm not talking about grass that's just all cut to the same height. I'm talking about beautiful manicured lawns. I've got some neighbors that have lawns like that. Mine is, it's nice, but it's just weeds and grass all cut to the same height. <laughs> but I've got some neighbors who have beautiful lawns. And they, every time they cut it, they're fertilizing it, and then they cut it. And when they cut it, it makes it grow. Verse 2, every branch that's connected to the vine, the Lord prunes it, cuts it away, cuts out anything that's dead in this branch so that that branch can produce more fruit. You know, that's a prayer that I've prayed For many years now, there's a book by a mighty man of God who lived in the late 1800s, Andrew Murray, South African minister. You've heard me talk, excuse me, talk about him before. He wrote a book called Abide in Christ. I'd encourage you to get it. You can get it online for free. You can buy paperback copies fairly cheap anywhere. They're all over the, all over the internet. Abide in Christ. And he goes through John 15. In fact, it's 31 chapters so that you can read one chapter a day. And in one month, you'll go through John chapter 15 in very, very in-depth detail. And um, he makes this point concerning being pruned. And when I read that several years back, it just touched my heart so profoundly that I pray this all the time. This is what I pray. I say, Lord, if there's anything in me that's not like Jesus, that doesn't produce fruit, if there's any deadness in this branch, if there's anything that's hindering me to produce fruit like you want me to produce it, Lord, reveal it and cut it away. Prune it. Verse 2, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. If you're bearing fruit, the Lord wants to prune you. He wants to cut away anything that's hindering you from bearing more fruit, that it may bear more fruit. Let that be your prayer. Lord, I want to bear more fruit. I want to bear and produce more fruit. Verse 3, you're already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. You know, in John 17, verse 17, we see this again. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. The word of God is truth, and the word of God cleanses us. Ephesians chapter 5, we see it again in Ephesians chapter 5, 
I believe it starts at verse 25, verse 26, that Christ might sanctify and cleanse her, the church, with the washing of the water by the word. The water of the word, the washing of the water by the word, the word of God will cleanse you and keep you clean. Verse 3 of John 15, you're already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. How do you stay clean? How do you keep this branch clean of anything that would hinder or stop it up from producing fruit? By the cleansing of the word of the water. By cleansing ourselves with the water of the word of God. Now notice this, verse 4, abide in me. What does that word abide mean? We don't really use that word a lot, do we? But abide literally means to live. Uh, it it, it kind of, the Greek is so expressive, so is the Hebrew. It, it's so much more expressive than the English language. This word abide doesn't just mean like live. When I was in, in college in one of my Bible classes, I, I wrote like a 10-page paper on these 10 verses of John 15. And that word abide literally means like to pitch a tent, and set up camp. Abide in me. Create a dwelling place in Christ. That's what it means to abide in Christ. I'm going to pitch a tent, set up camp, get all the pots and pans out, build a fire, set out the chairs, and I'm going to camp out right here. This is where I'm going to camp out, right here. Abide in me, live in me, dwell in me. As a Christian, you and I only have strength. We only have power. We only have the fortitude to do what God's told us and commanded us to do if we live and abide, dwell, pitch a tent, set up camp in His presence, in His Spirit, in His Word. Verse 4, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Just like that analogy I made a few minutes ago. Go to an apple tree, find a branch full of blossoms, which means it's going to be full of apples. If you cut that branch off and remove it from the tree, that branch will produce nothing. But if you leave that branch connected to the tree, as you should, (laughs) if you want apples, wait a month, wait a couple weeks, season comes to fruition, harvest time comes, that branch will be loaded down with apples. If you want to produce everything that God has promised to you in His Word, the key is stay connected. Stay connected. Stay connected to Jesus. Your life depends on it. Your life literally depends on you being connected to Christ Jesus. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. So we went from bearing fruit, the Lord prunes us so that we can bear more fruit, and we dwelling and living in Christ produces, produces even more or much fruit in us. For without me, you can do nothing. I can do nothing apart from Christ. I can do nothing apart from Christ Jesus. It, if I try to live this life apart 
from the power and the might and the glory and the goodness of God, my life will be nothing. Before I believed on Jesus, my life was nothing. I couldn't do anything, not anything that would last, only temporal, only temporal. But when you get connected with Jesus, you bear fruit not just for this life, but for eternity. You bear fruit that lasts all of eternity. Verse 6, If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they're burned. There's a deception here that's in the earth, that takes place in the earth. Uh, You can't be a branch today and then live apart from Christ the rest of your life. If you're going to be a branch that bears fruit, if you're going to be a Christian that does the work of Jesus, that does the works of Christ, you're going to have to stay connected to Jesus. Now, how do you stay? Let's let's talk some practical things. How do you stay connected to Christ? Through His Word. Filling your heart and your mind with His Word. Through prayer. Daily, consistent prayer. Through listening to teaching like you're doing right now and so many great teachers of the Bible that are in the earth. Let me tell you something. It's 2022 at the time of the recording of this episode for this podcast. With YouTube and Spotify and all the social media platforms, we are over-filled, over-influenced with great teaching. Thank God for it. I was just thinking about this with a George Mueller, mighty man of God, but he lived 200 years ago. So much of what he learned, and he has a biography, powerful man of prayer, over 50,000 answered prayers in his life. He documented them. He documented over 50,000 answered prayers. This is what I prayed for. This is when the Lord answered it. Powerful ministry. But guess what? A lot of what he learned, he learned through trial and error by the Holy Spirit, through the Word. But it wasn't like he could hear teaching. He couldn't go on YouTube and, and search how to pray. <laughs> but we can. Stay connected. Produce fruit. Be diligent to be connected to Jesus. Study the Word. Pray. Listen to good Bible teaching. Be in a good Bible-believing church. Obey the command of Scripture. Be in church. Do not forsake the gathering together of brothers and sisters in Christ. Be diligent to do the work of Christ. Build your life on hearing and doing the Word. That's how you stay connected to Jesus. And when you're connected, you can live a life of answered prayer. I mentioned about George Mueller, 50,000 answered prayers documented in his journals. Amazing. Well, look at this, John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it will be done for you. You want to have answered prayers? You want your prayers to be answered? Simple. Live in Christ and let his word abide in you. Live in Christ and let his word live in you and you will ask Whatever you desire, and it will be done for you. You know what I think that means when I read it? 
that if you live in Christ and his word lives in you, you can ask God whatever you desire and he'll give it to you. Well, you, well, you don't mean whatever you desire, do you? Uh, what, if you ad- what if you desire something sinful or bad? Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Why am I going to desire sinful things if I'm living in Christ and his word is living in me? If I'm living in Christ and his word is living in me, his word is cleansing me, washing me, correcting me, instructing me, why would I have desire and appetite for sinful things? No, no, Jesus isn't going to give you sinful things, but why is that even in your heart? It won't be. Your heart's being cleansed. Verse 2, the vine dresser is pruning you, clipping away, cutting away anything that would produce evil desires. So that when you get to verse 7, if you're living in Christ and his words living in you, you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done for you. See, there's a thing that takes place in the life of the believer. When your mind's renewed by his word, you're filled with his spirit, your nature changes. You're made alive in Christ. You got a brand new nature, 2 Corinthians 5 17. If anyone be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Everything's become new. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You got a new nature. 2 Peter chapter 1, you now have the divine nature of God in you. So the desires that I have are not my own. They're Christ. So that when I live in Christ and his word lives in me, I can ask whatever I want and God will give it to me. Because the desires that I desire are God's desires. Because my nature's been made brand new. My mind's being renewed by the word of God. I don't desire things that are going to destroy me, that are going to hurt me. I desire what God desires. That should be a prayer. Make that a prayer. Lord, I thank you that I desire what you desire. I thank you, Lord, that your desires are my desires. It's what Jesus taught us to pray. Matthew 6.10, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is my prayer? What's your prayer? Lord, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And God desires to answer your prayers because here's the thing, John 15, 8, we're moving right along. By this, my Father is glorified. By what? How is God glorified? He is glorified that you bear much fruit. God gets glory when you bear fruit. So you will be my disciples. So two things right here. When you live in Christ and his word lives in you, well, three, when you live in Christ and his word lives in you, you can ask whatever you want and you'll get it. God's glorified when you pray and ask and receive. Three, you'll be seen and shown as a disciple of Jesus because you're doing what he says to do. You're following him. You know, that's what Jesus said, right? Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Speaking to, was it James and John and Peter who were fishermen and Andrew? Fishing for natural fish. And then Jesus says, hey, come follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Follow me. 
Well, when you're abiding in Christ, when you're living in His presence, dwelling in His presence, His Word's living in you, you're going to follow Him. You're going to live a life based on His Word. All right, as we come to close today, verse 9, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Live in my love. Dwell in my love. Look, don't pass over this. As the Father loves me, I also have loved you. The Lord loves you, not with a lesser love. Jesus loves you, not with a lesser love, but the same love that God the Father loves him with. The love of God is the love that God loves us with. Live in that love. Dwell in that love. Bear fruit in that love. Verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. I love you, Jesus. Okay, then let's put some proof to those words. Obedience proves your love, my love to God. When I obey God's word, I'm showing him that I love him. When I yield to his will, to his truth, it's an act of love. It's an act of love. I love you, Lord. Okay? Now let's show him how much you love him. If you keep my commandments, John 10, John 15, 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So what does Jesus expect of us? He expects us to be just as obedient as he was, and he was obedient unto death. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 tells us that we are to give our lives as a living sacrifice. Christ actually died as a sacrifice on the cross for the sins of the world, though having died three days later, rose from the grave and is now seated at the right hand of the Father. We are commanded to be a sacrifice as well, but one that is living. And just as Jesus obeyed the word of the Father, he set the example for us to obey the word of the Father. Because God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they are three persons in complete and total unity, meaning that Jesus is God. And, and he's commanding of us, just as I obeyed the Father, so you obey me. And in doing so, you'll live in my, you will live in my love. Verse 11, these things I've spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. These scriptures, these verses, should spark joy in your heart. Spark joy in your heart. I'm connected to Jesus, the true vine, and his life is flowing in me. And when his life flows in me, I bear his supernatural fruit. Man, I'm so thankful that you've joined me for this last installment, episode number seven of this series, Who Is This Jesus? Really thankful for you. I pray that you've enjoyed it. Stay tuned to the Faith for My Generation podcast. As you know, every Monday we're releasing a wake-up call, and we're going to start a brand new series. So make sure you check it out next week. Keep your notifications turned on, because next week we're going to start a brand new series. What could it be? I don't know. You have to come and see.
All right. I really appreciate you. I'm thankful for you that you're listening. And remember, we are the faithful. Catch you next time. God bless you. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Faith for My Generation podcast. Remember, every Monday I've got a brand new wake-up call for you. And every Thursday I've got a brand new episode right here on Faith for My Generation podcast. And remember, we are the faithful.